Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' disheartening 111-140 loss to the OKC Thunder. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, that was a dud of a game. And I think the most frustrating part is, despite the score being 111 to 140, the Hawks were really in this game for two and a half quarters. Um, to get through some of the standouts on both sides of the ball, the Thunder, Shea Gilgis Alexander had 24 points. He was 7 of 16 from the field, but he was 10 of 13 from the free throw line. That's just getting to the free throw line way too many times. He averages only getting there five times. He also had six assists. Danilo Gallinari killed the Hawks, 25 points, 7 of 10 from the field, including 4 of 6 from three-point land. Three of those came in the third quarter, and the Hawks really had no one who could guard Danilo. Um, For much of the game, the Hawks had Hunter guarding SGA, and I wonder if Gallinari would have been a better person for Hunter to guard. I thought Hunter did a pretty good job on um, Alexander, but Alexander still had a big game. CP3 had kind of a ho-hum line of 18 points and five assists, two of five from three, including a three right before the buzzer of the first quarter that broke a tie. Um, Mike Muscala really came back as much fun as it was to see him play again. He really killed the Hawks um, going four of six from three-point land. Again, three coming in one quarter um, for 14 points. And then Dennis Schroeder had 21 points. Going at 8 of 16 from the field, he was 3 of 4 on 3-point shots and had 8 assists. So that 3-headed monster of point guard really came through for the Thunder. Um, And it was pretty incredible to see it happen firsthand. Um, It didn't really feel like any of those one players got off. Uh, Gallinari, it was pretty obvious just because that's all he seems to add on the court is shooting. But... uh, Really, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, and SGA kind of got their points in the midst of the game. And again, when a team scores 140 points, there's going to be a lot of uh, stats to go around. For the Hawks, Trey Young had a good game, despite not shooting the ball particularly well. He was 7 of 20 from the field, but 10 of 12 from the free throw line. Um, And then he had 16 assists, which was a career uh, season high of assists this season. A lot of those assists went to John Collins. John was really masterful tonight. I thought he started as the center or started next to Bruno Fernando, so I don't know who they're designating as the center, but John played really well this game, was 13 of 16 from the field. Again, getting a lot of easy shots set up by Trey Young. Um, Two of four from the three-point line, had six rebounds, a steal, um, but he did have five fouls for 28 points. Uh, Hunter had a rough game. He was 5 of 12, didn't hit any of his three-pointers. He had a couple of nice drives, but he is not quite uh, aggressive or like shooting the ball as well as he did to to begin the season. Um, A lot of his three-pointers are wide open, and when those don't fall, it can can be frustrating for the offense when they get those open shots. Kevin Herter had a poor offensive night. He was just 2 of 6, 1 of 3 from three-point land for 5 points. Herter just has to get more than uh, six shots up. He only had three fouls. I thought he played pretty good defense, but um, a lot of him not 
playing as much was because uh, Cam Reddish had a wonderful game. Reddish was 7 of 11, 4 of 6 from three-point land for 20 points. He had six rebounds. He had a steal. He had a block. Cam really was part of what kept the Hawks close in these first two quarters. And uh, his defense, he got matched up on Danilo Gallinari. He got matched up on SGA. He can guard pretty much anyone. Now, putting him up on a power forward like Gallinari is pretty rough, but I thought Cam had one of his best games of the year, and it was frustrating that it came in such a dismal performance from the team. Um, Finally, Alex Lynn was unable to finish this game. He was the only Hawk to finish with a positive plus-minus at plus four, but he had to leave the game at after the first half with a hip flexor injury. Um, he ended the game with two rebounds, or four rebounds, two offensive and two defensive. Um, and he certainly, his, his uh, absence was noticed. As soon as the Hawks in the third quarter went, went away from John Collins and Trey Young and had to go to Damian Jones, that's when the Thunder really took their commanding lead. Um, so some team stats that sort of accentuated some of the uh, differences in this game. The Thunder out-rebounded the Hawks 45-37. to 37. The Thunder got to the free throw line 14 more point, more times. Again, that was a strength of the Thunder coming into this game is their ability to get to the free throw line, and they really took advantage of that. Not only drawing fouls on shots they didn't make, but they made a ton of and-ones. Um and so the Thunder were, anytime the Hawks went on any sort of run, the Thunder were able to stop those runs by slowing the game down. And um, whether it was Gallinari uh, or Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they really were able to get to the free throw line kind of whenever they wanted to. Finally, the biggest difference in this game is the Thunder shot 14 of 25 from the three-point line. Um, and that combined with their field, their just regular field goal shooting, um, the Thunder shot 66%, uh, or 66% was their effective field goal percentage. Just kind of like if they were only taking twos, what percentage of shots would have to go down for them to get the score that they did on the shots that they took. And uh, the Thunder were just balling offensively. Um, frankly, the Hawks were too, again, until Trey and John Collins were taken out in that third quarter. And um, John played 27 minutes, had five fouls, and Trey played 34 minutes. That, that's about the limit of minutes you want the guys to play. You'd want John to play more if he didn't get fouls. But um, there's going to have to be some rotations that get points without Trey and John on the court at the same time. Or Lloyd Pierce is going to have to shift his lineup so that one of the two are on the court at all the time. But I thought this game was really decided in the end of the second quarter and the third quarter. The Hawks never led in OKC. And, but they kept it close, and they tied the game at the end of the first quarter with four seconds to go. Goodwin got to the free throw line, made two free throws to tie the game, and the Thunder were able to advance the ball in four seconds, and uh, Chris Paul made a three-pointer. Goodwin was there for some like token defense, but the Hawks cannot allow a three-pointer at the end of a quarter like that. And Chris Paul is a veteran and is, is going to get shots like that, but that just sort of every time the Hawks seem to be making a run to get close – the Thunder had an answer, something like a veteran move from uh, CP3 or something like that. So I wanted to go through a couple of the possessions in the end of the second quarter and through the third quarter that show that. So with 2.44 to go in the first half, Cam hits a three. 
The Thunder come down. Alexander takes a contested floater and misses it, but draws a foul on Herter. Instead of the Hawks going down with the ball, the Thunder are able to get two points out of that. And really only effectively, the Hawks get one point closer. So after that, Cam hits another three. There's a Thunder turnover. And then Trey hits a long two. Uncharacteristically, Trey was unable to get behind the three-point line. He hits a long two. And then the Hawks get a stop again. SGA tries to do a floater in the lane, and Alex Lynn has a great block. Um, On the next Hawks possession, Teague throws this really tough pass to Lynn. Lynn, who's not the best at catching the ball in traffic, bobbles the ball. The Thunder get the ball in one of the worst transition performances I've ever seen. The ball goes through about two different Thunder players. Uh, Gallinari, like, backs up and whacks one of the Hawks with his arms. Doesn't get called for a travel. The Hawks don't get called for a foul. And just finds another Thunder player under the basket for a lay-in. So that's two points. Um, Then the Hawks get the ball down low to Lynn, who is really close to the basket in great position but can't convert. And uh, the Thunder still have a 62-56 to lead. Um, Cam... The Thunder get the ball after that miss by Lynn. Cam's guarding Gallinari. He backs in. It looks like Gallinari uses his arm to clear out Cam. Cam gets called for the foul. Uh, the Thunder are in bonus. That's two more points for the Thunder. And suddenly, instead of being down four or something going into the half, the Hawks find out, you know, go into the half down eight points, 58 to 66. So I thought that was an area, a point in the time where the Hawks have been playing really well. And then through a couple different possessions, whether it was Lynn being unable to catch a ball, Teague throwing a bad pass, Lynn being able to convert a close pass, just being unable to close the gap and letting the Thunder off the hook. And then the Thunder got some nice bounces. That transition possession, I cannot emphasize enough, it was the ugliest transition possession I've ever seen. And uh, Gallinari traveled, got fouled, or fouled somebody for sure. I don't know why he was allowed to pass the ball and get an easy two for the Thunder, but they had some fortuitous bounces. So the Hawks go down in, at halftime with an eight-point deficit. Um, again, like they did in the last game, the Hawks come out of halftime and go on a little run. Five straight points from Trey, including a circus three-point shot where he was trying to draw a foul. And then he gets uh, fouled going to the rim and hits two free throws. So five points right out of the gate to cut the lead to three. And then... Um, Chris Paul comes down, hits a free throw jumper, just as he does. <clears throat> and in two possessions, Fernando gets pulled out of the game. Um, he rejects open three-pointers twice, one time driving and trying to make a crazy pass to John Collins, turnover that um, goes to a Gallinari three. Then John Collins comes down, hits a three-pointer. Gallinari comes down, hits a three-pointer. It looked like a three-point contest in the third quarter for the Thunder. Um Bruno, again, doesn't shoot an open three-pointer at the top of the key. He tries to put the ball down on the ground. Dribbles, charges into somebody, foul. Lloyd Pierce gets him out of there. So from the point where Bruno went out and Vince Carter came in, the Hawks started to get some stops. Um, CP3 left a layup short. Trey was able to find Herter in transition. They scored two points, and it's a 68-74 to game. The Hawks are still in this thing. Herter forces a t- tough shot from CP3 in the mid-range. Instead of letting CP3 get his own uh, f- rebound, Herter tips it out. The Hawks are able to get it. 
Um, Trey throws one of the most ridiculous passes in the game. He's had two defenders on him. He looked off. They both have their hands up. He zips the ball through one of the defender's hands to John Collins under the basket. John jams it. It's a 70-40, four-point game. Thunder timeout. All the momentum's going to the Hawks. Thunder call a timeout. And out of this timeout, the Hawks are unable to get to the stop. Uh, Gallinari beats Vince. Um, Again, Gallinari had been in a matchup problem all night for the Hawks. And he took advantage of that. And this possession, he gets by Vince. Vince sort of pushes him in the back, and then John Collins fouls him on the way up, and Gallinari makes the shot. So after all that work to get this to be a four-point game, a Gallinari and one makes it a seven-point game. Trey misses a three-pointer. The Hawks get the offensive rebound, um, but DeAndre Hunter settles for a long two where he's standing on the three-point line, bricks it, and the Hawks get nothing out of that. Um, Gallinari finally misses a three-pointer, maybe his most open three-pointer of the night and the Hawks uh take the ball get a double screen up top for Trey um a wonderful play where Trey gets all the way to the basket little wrap around for John Collins John Collins gets another easy shot and it's a five-point game um Hunter was matched up on Alexander for much of the night like I said in this next possession Hunter did a good job of staying in front of Alexander not letting Alexander use his arm to push hunter away that's one of hunter's real strengths is just his physical strength um and alexander's unable to get a good shot up and the hawks get that ball but then trey comes down and bricks a three this was a wild sequence trey bricks a three thunder bring the ball up cp3 throws a pass alley-oop off the backboard not even close to the guy jumping and uh the hawks get the ball and this is where John Collins comes out. Uh, Jones comes in. Muscala comes in. And uh, after Trey finds Hunter for a strong take to the rim to cut the lead to three, um, it, it it starts getting a little bit more frantic. Trey hits a floater to make it a one-point game. Hunter is called for a foul on Dennis Schroeder. Um, then Hunter is called for a foul on... Alexander fouls are starting to come up pile up and um Trey goes out in this sequence and uh this is where Muscala gets his first shot in the paint and then um Jones starts getting exposed with Muscala a stretch five out there and Muscala just started hitting threes Muscala hit a three Cam came down hit a three corner three-pointer then Dennis Schroeder hit a three um Cam couldn't make two threes in a row He's wide open again. The Hawks get free throws. Um, Jones leaves Muscala, who hits another three-pointer. Jones misses a corner three. Jones leaves Gallinari, who hits another three-pointer. It's a nine-point game, and that was pretty much the game right there. The flurry of threes, reading through these possessions now, as I took notes on them, there was a couple of times where it was just like, what is going on this game? Both teams are hitting three-pointers. Oh, wait, now it's just the Thunder hitting three-pointers. And after the game, one of the analysts for the Hawks was saying, you know, a lot of people like to give Alex Lynn crap, but as soon as he was unable to be the backup center, um, the Hawks really melted. And in the moment, it's like, I don't know how much Alex Lynn is going to do against 
those three-point shots that the Thunder were getting, but he would have been matched up on Muscala, and maybe his defense would have been a little bit better. Maybe his awareness would have been a little bit better. Um, Jones has got to know, especially after that first three-pointer, that Mike Muscala is a stretch five. He wants to be shooting those threes. And uh, really, that barrage of threes at the end of the third quarter is just buried the Hawks. They certainly could put up a fight and may, may have you know, wanted to put up more fight in that fourth quarter, but being unable to get over the hump in that second and third quarter is what I really felt cost the Hawks this game. Um, it's really exhausting as a team to be down 10 points and to call your all your all the way back and tie a team. And then if the team takes another five point lead or you cut it to five and then they push it back out to a nine point lead, it's just it is so, so exhausting. And then on the other side of the ball, the Hawks, the Thunder had some of their young players. It's a theory that I have a lot. It's just like when you're ahead, a lot of all of these young players don't really feel any pressure to make their shots. And um, SGA is a fantastic finisher around the basket. He made some shots both around Damian Jones and Alex Lynn that were just incredible. And at the same time, there are players such as Darius Baisley or Hamadou Diallo for the Thunder who are not the same caliber of player as SGA, and they were finishing kind of the same way. And again, there was no pressure on that. So the Hawks had chances to win this game, which feels funny to say when you lose by 29 points and you give up 140 points to the other team. But, you know, a couple different um, tips of the ball or, or some shots go in for the Hawks. I think one of the big things I've taken away from this last stretch of games is the Hawks are getting the right shots. The shots just aren't falling. Um, and part of coaching is if the shots aren't falling from the right places, you got to put your guys in positions to make shots where they can make the shots. But the Hawks are getting in the right position and some of these guys will come together to see such a performance by Cam Reddish, especially on a night where I thought he'd be able to take advantage of smaller guys and his size on the wing was really good to see. But then you'd want look at Hunter and you don't want Hunter to be a little more assertive he had two possessions where he had Chris Paul guarded on him and he took him down into the paint and made shots and then they went away from that. Um, so just this consistency with the youth is going to be uh, something we see how it progresses the rest of the season. Um, and we're over halfway through the NBA season already. So you want to start seeing more growth and errors from these guys. But uh, it was a rough game. You know, it's fun to see Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala go off. It's not fun to see him go off against the Hawks. Um, it was a good first look. I hadn't really gotten to watch a full game of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and he is a different basketball player. He just plays kind of at, like, what I would call Bembry speed, or he just is taking his own time and has really funky finishes. Both him and Basley do that. But uh, I thought the Hawks... Uh, can take some positives away from this game as much as it was like, well, guys, y'all got beat by 29 points. Um, the Hawks' next game is at home. They play the Wizards, another team that can put up a ton of points, but a team that is not nearly as good as uh, the Oklahoma City team that the Hawks just played. So hopefully being back at State Farm Arena and uh, after you know getting their butts kicked, the Hawks will be motivated to come get the win on Sunday.
Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. If you can leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, that would be a big help to me. And you can reach me, Forrest Willoughby, at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!